The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is time for Touchdown Turnover. Backed by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union. Ben Swain, I got something for you today. Are you still confident? Yes. In Tennessee's home game this weekend against Arkansas, Tennessee's undefeated at home, even with the lackluster performance last night, still resulting in a win. But are you still confident? in Tennessee's ability to get the win against a hot Arkansas team at home Saturday. Touchdown, turnover. Touchdown. I I think Wednesday morning at 8 a.m., I I think Tennessee does beat Arkansas. Now, I am concerned with Santi's knee and Zakai's knee. Uh, Even even though Josiah played well last night, uh, I'm concerned about his knee as well. And it does seem like Santi and Zakai's is a little bit worse than – Josiah's and Josiah's is is a, this type of time of year injury, uh, just dealing with something a, a nick or whatever, like everybody is at this time of the year. And it seems like Santi and Zakai is a, a little more than simply that. Uh, that is concerning because, like I said earlier in the show, those guys have to play well for Tennessee to win against good teams. Simply have to, and to, to have success in March in, in both tournaments, Zakai and Santi have to produce simple as that and i didn't think last night was a very good kennedy game either uh compared to how he has been playing that that felt more like beginning of the year kennedy uh to me uh, he, he did have a plus minus uh, of 11 and uh 16 points but it, it was the four turnovers that were uncharacteristic compared to how he has been playing that kind of downplayed the performance for me personally um but i i just i don't know that that Arkansas game back in Fayetteville, Swain, like I don't, I don't feel like Arkansas truly beat Tennessee. Like I, I think Arkansas won that game because the refs got Tennessee out of rhythm, and I, I think I've proven over time, and I think that you would vouch for me. At, at least I hope a, as a friend that you would vouch for me that I'm not somebody, I'm not somebody who who just automatically blames the refs. Like I, I, I don't blame the refs just for the sake of of blaming the refs because I'm frustrated Tennessee. Uh, lost or or whatever. Like I, I only blame the rest when I, I truly feel deep down in my soul that they cost Tennessee. And like I, I truly feel like the the refs had more to do with Tennessee losing at Arkansas than Tennessee itself did in terms of playing poorly at Arkansas. When you're in that much foul trouble, you just a your best guys aren't aren't on the floor, and you're trying to piece it together. And, and b you just can't get in in, in any offensive rhythm. Uh, when you do have the guys on the floor, because they've barely been playing, Santi said afterwards that he was, like, when they're calling as many charges as as they are, A, you think twice about attacking the rim, and B, when you do attack the rim, you have hesitancy when driving, and you don't drive with the same force that, that you would if they weren't making those calls. So uh, I feel good because it's at home. Tennessee's 15-0 at home. I just I'm not going to pick Tennessee to lose inside of Thompson Bowling Arena 
right now to anybody in the country. So on top of that, I just don't really feel like Arkansas just flat out beat Tennessee. Maybe I'd feel differently if, if that were the case, and I, I didn't think the rest played such a big role in that first game. But it, it's hard for me not to, to overlook that. So, yeah, I, I say touchdown. I'm, I'm really confident in Tennessee going into this weekend. I'm going to say touchdown too, man. And honestly, being and this is not making excuses for yesterday. I mean, still won. So, but I, I felt like the Zakai Ziegler news not only affected the Zakai, but I, I think it affected the whole team. Yeah. Because think about the culture inside the Tennessee basketball program. It's a family, right? It's a family. It's not about me. It's about us. It's a family. And think about somebody that you know that you're close to, and there's something that happens to them that's tragic in their lives. It affects you, too. It affects you, too. I've had bad news. Ben, you've had bad news. When you receive bad news, when you, when your mother was... was um, you know, sick like that. That affected our family because we all family. We don't have the same last name. Um, we don't have the same skin color. Maybe but like, I can name my kid Swain to inter intertwine the the Swain and McKee family. Swain Scott McKee. We can we can we can become a family if if I can tie it together, right? If you're smart, you will do that. But like, <laughs> just because you have a teammate, well, when you have a teammate that's going through something traumatic like what the guy's going through it affects you too and i thought this whole team was affected by that i thought kenny chandler uh did not play like he's played the last couple games uh i thought josiah was probably the only person that just blocked everything out and, and, and went to work and played like he played you know every other game brandon huntley hatfield uh did not play the same way he played against auburn and maybe he's just auburn emotional win against a really good team now you're playing against a poor team on the road but I truly feel like the the Zakai Ziegler news affected all these guys because that's their brother. That's their brother. So I do feel like Saturday at home against the Arkansas team that, I mean, I said this yesterday. You give them credit for their winning streak and the position that they're in. Out of the, the four teams that's right there at the top of the SEC, Arkansas impresses me the least. They really do. And, and like, it sounds like a hater. In the SEC? Like, I sound like a hater, but like I'm, I just I, I just feel that way. Yeah. They they impress me the least out of the top four teams. I'm least impressed with Auburn at the moment. I, I think currently Arkansas is a better team than Auburn. I, I just okay. – I, I think they're so one-dimensional right now with Jabari Smith. I, I, I really do. And, and their guards are, are not playing good whatsoever maybe they get it turned around i do think obviously auburn has great potential to make a deep run if they can get back to playing like they were at the beginning of sec play but um but i feel what you're saying i i just think auburn's a, even a notch below that i and i've voiced that for the last week or so on the show even before tennessee and auburn played that like they auburn was not passing the eye test at all georgia in athens missouri in columbia uh, they they sh- kind of struggled with Ole Miss for a half before running away with it in the second half. Uh, so I feel you on Arkansas in, in terms of, like, it's weird. Like, they don't look like some dominant team that's going to make a Final Four run. 
but I, I would I would put Arkansas or uh, Auburn a notch below Arkansas at the moment. I, I think they're playing pretty bad basketball outside of Jabari Smith. It's weird, man. It's weird, and, it, and it's allowing teams to really lock in on Walker Kessler, like a team like Tennessee who does who does not have a true post presence should not be able to body Walker Kessler and make life tough on him or dominate Auburn on the glass. And they did because, now granted, they, they have guards that they can trust to, to handle Auburn's guards, but you, you don't have to have Auburn's guards at the top of the scouting report anymore. You, you're aware of what they can do, but you're just not as worried about Katie Johnson right now or Wendell Green right now as you were at the beginning of SEC play, which allows you to to lock more in on Walker Kessler and put more resources towards stopping a Walker Kessler or trying to limit him, and that's what teams have been doing lately. He, he hasn't been just dominating games the way he was earlier in the year, and part of that's because the guards aren't playing as well. The guards aren't penetrating and, and driving the way they were and, and opening up lobs as often as they were for Kessler and easy shots in, in the paint for him or, or easy little layups off of dishes from, from the guards because they were attracting so much help defense after penetrating. I, I It feels like Auburn's bound for uh, an early exit in, in the NCAA tournament. I, I, don't, I don't think first round or, or anything like that. I mean, the, the, they'll probably, what, be a two-seed at this point? Like a 15-seed's not going to beat them. You um, think they'll be a two-seed? Mm-hmm. I still feel like they'll be a one. Not at the rate they're going. Uh, and, and it's not like uh, – and if they make a run in Tampa next week at the SEC tournament, then, yes, they'll be a one. But, like, this week, who do, they don't have anybody on their schedule that will put them back on that one line. I, I don't know where Lenardi currently has Auburn. Uh, you got it right there in front of you looking at it. Let's see here. Let's see here. Arizona is a one seed. Kansas is a one seed. Gonzaga is a one seed. And Baylor is a one seed. Now, Kansas did lose last night to uh, TCU on the road. I don't know if Joe Lenardi has since updated what you were looking at on ESPN site. Let's see if... Updated yesterday at 7.45 a.m. was the latest update. So. Yeah, so he hasn't updated it since... And he actually he has Auburn as the last two seed. Actually, uh, what he tweeted out yesterday Ooh. at three thirty six, so mid Tuesday, he actually had Auburn as the last two seed. Ooh, hold on now. Let me let me give a. Did what I just say let sink me, in your head? Nah, man. Give me I'm, I'm Auburn give, as the last two seed. Oh, I hear that part, but I see something that's making me want to take my britches off. Ah, don't do that. I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see all that this morning. <laughs> Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do it to be a McKee way, man. Well, I only take my pants off when nobody else is around. Okay. Unless I'm in Thompson, Boland, or Neyland, or Lindsey Nelson. Check I, this out. Go ahead. Right now, Joe Lenardi, ESPN, has Tennessee as a number three seed Ooh. against Princeton, who is the 14th seed in round number one. If Tennessee is able to win... The next game potentially could be against. Don't tell me it's Memphis. Memphis Tigers. That makes you want to take your pants off. St. Mary's is the sixth seed, and then Memphis or Indiana as the eleventh seed. Yeah, man, I want to. I want to play Memphis. 
I want to play him in a tournament. But here's the thing. Like, I, I'm with you. I do Send want my ass home. I, I am completely with you right there. But, and th- this is where I lose my Mr. Glass Half Full moniker. I would be terrified of Tennessee losing to Memphis in the NCAA tournament. Tennessee's the, the better team, but I just don't. Let's just avoid that possibility altogether, please. That, that does not make me want to take my, my pants off because I, I would live under a rock for a month if, if Memphis put Tennessee out in the NCAA tournament. I, w- I would want nothing to do with society if I had to live in a world where Memphis and Penny Hardaway makes the Sweet 16 for the first time because they beat Tennessee. Hey, man, scared money don't make money. This is true. You're absolutely right. I have scared money in this regard. Get, give me somebody else. Mm-mm. I want Memphis in a tournament. Now. You're going to see these hands. The upside. Oh, it sure would be nice to put Penny <laughs> out of the tournament. I, 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 I feel you there. But, man, I would be terrified of that result. No, I, 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 want, I want to see Penny in the tournament. What, what do you make of uh, Tom Crean? Coaching up um, Kenny Chandler after the game. You see that? I did not see that. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip, man. I'm looking at it right here. That you know, I don't like it. I don't want him infecting our players. <laughs> I mean, He's a was, terrible coach. That was my first thought. I was like, get away from him, Kennedy. Get away, man. That's not TJ Ford. You're not allowed to talk to him. Get away. Get away from him. You're get only allowed to talk to Rick Barnes or TJ Ford. Kennedy, put a mask on and get six feet away from Tom Crean. He's going to affect you with some bad basketball advice. Like, Dwayne Wade's almost a grandpa right now. <laughs> like, Dwayne Wade is almost a grandpa. His kids are in college. <laughs> Dwayne Wade is is one crazy night away from being a grandpa right now. That was the last time that Tom Green did something as a basketball coach when he coached Dwayne Wade at Marquette. Yeah. Stay away, Kennedy Chandler. I think that I was, was in, like, middle reaction. school. That was my first reaction. But, but after I got over my emotional feeling and thought with my head. No, don't I you was, dare say it. I was like, yo, man, you still probably have some really good information. And if you are Kennedy, man, you, you are a sponge. You take every bit of information, advice that you can. From people not named Tom Crean. Tom Crean. If, let's say Tom Crean was an assistant coach on Tennessee's team with Kennedy. Listen to him? Absolutely. I, I would hope not. Absolutely. Well, he would first off, to I, would, him. I would hope Rick wouldn't hire He's Tom not a Green. good head coach, but he still knows a lot about basketball. My, my initial reaction, my emotional reaction was get away from him. He got the cooties. You he got, got cooties. cooties. Get away from him. That was my initial, initial reaction. After that reaction, I was like, yo, man, he got, he got a lot of knowledge that you don't have right now. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> but doesn't it feel like Auburn is bound for an early exit in the NCAA tournament? They're not going to be a one seed. And if if they drop another game, they may be a three seed, depending on how the SEC tournament goes. Like I said, Lenardi has them as the last two seed. That's how far they've fallen. Yeah, I wonder I wonder where um I wonder where Lenardi would have them if, if Auburn wins the rest of their games and you know they lose in the SEC tournament. But they win the rest of the games. Where will already have him? Where, where, where do you have like in this scenario? Like, what part of the SEC tournament do you have them losing? Man, if they lost like in the finals or the semifinals to to one of the top four teams in the SEC. Like, I would, I would, I would think Lenardi would still have them as the number one seed in that case because his last update was yesterday at seven forty five. 
Auburn had, I mean, they've lost three games in the SEC in the last two weeks. So I would think the next couple of wins that would bump them back up, considering that Kansas lost, and I'm sure one of the other teams will, will lose too. So I think it would depend on what the other teams yeah. did. Um, if they went out and won the SEC tournament, then I, I could see a situation where they get bumped back to a one seed because then more than likely they went through two of the other three top teams in the SEC. They went through two of Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, and yeah. that would probably be good enough to put them back on the one line. The reason I kind of ask about your scenario is because they don't play anybody this week that's going to help them in terms of getting back to that one seat. They play Mississippi State tonight. Beating them is not going to really help them. I, I forget who they play on on Saturday. Um, but if if I don't think it's anybody of significance on on Saturday. You're looking it up. They're probably going to play Vanderbilt or something. Oh, South Carolina. Yeah, see, like Mississippi State and, and South Carolina, they're, they're not going to help the NCAA tournament resume. So if they want to get back to their, their one seed, they're going to have to win the SEC, in my opinion, because these two wins this week are not going to help, and an early exit in the SEC tournament ain't going to help them either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we shall see. Who? But it feels like they're going to lose in the second round or Sweet 16 right now to it, me. Yeah, it feels like I, I I don't think they'll lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament, but it wouldn't surprise me if a, a team snuck up and, and got them in that second round, depending on the matchup, obviously, and then definitely could see them. And right now, I would kind of predict, obviously, I want to see the bracket and who they play, but I would, without knowing the bracket, I would predict them to lose in the Sweet 16 right now. They're yeah. not playing good basketball. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Who had the... Who has the, the a bigger boss move than Cam Tatum? Oh, former I, former Tennessee guard for the basketball program. VFL Cam Tatum. VFL Cam Tatum, former guard for Tennessee, who was at the Georgia game last night, rocking his own jersey. That's a boss move. His own jersey. And what's the one thing about the jersey that 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 made it really a boss move? Look the, at the jersey. NCAA tournament patch. The NCAA tournament patch. That's that's the real jersey. My man Cam Tatum had on Atlanta Braves, Tennessee Ooh. hat. They're champions, man. And he's from and he's from he's from Georgia. So of course he's gonna be a Braves fan. He's rocking the Tennessee jersey, his own, with the NCAA patch on it. And then he has a chain over the top, so he iced out. Bling, bling. Bling, bling. My man Robbie Underwood with the Adidas logo on it. With a sweatshirt underneath. Ain't, ain't no one cooler than Cam Tate in that entire building last night. I wonder uh, what NCAA tournament jersey that was. I mean. Was it when they lost in the first round in 08, 09? Hey, man, hey. Was it when they lost in the second round? Hey, man. Hey, in 2010, boy. 2011? Hey, why are you bringing in details like that? I'm just curious because, like, if, like, last year's, like, Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson don't need to be showing up in their NCAA tournament jersey. You lost to an Oregon State team who is now, have you seen Oregon State's record? I saw early in the season. They were, like, they were, like, below. Everybody? I won't say, I won't say below 500. I'll say below 250. Like, they're. Their record is absolutely garbage. They're worse than Georgia. 
I don't think you're prepared for this record I'm about to tell you. What you got? Three Ugh. and 24. They losing everybody? I, they, I mean, so. they had, they've had to, they've had to I, lose. I, I'm pretty sure they did. They lost most everybody because last year had like a lot of John Fulkerson's on, on their team. Oh, like seventh-year seniors? Or as Tom Hart said last night, 17th-year seniors. Uh, Tom, Tom Hart and Dane was on one yesterday, man. They had me rolling. Yeah, they're they're great. Um, but, like, Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. I don't want to talk about it. Losing in the first round to Oregon State in the first place. And then that Oregon State going – Oregon State going on to, to be three and twenty four this year. I don't have, I don't care how much production you lose. You shouldn't go from making an elite eight run to three and twenty four. How sway? <laughs> how? How do you how do you have that big of a negative turnaround? So I better never ever 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 see Keon Johnson or Jane Springer. Rocking their little NCAA tournament patch jersey <laughs> at a Tennessee game right, when they Chris. lost to Oregon State and didn't win an NCAA tournament game. All right, Chris Tucker McKee. Ever, 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 ever see you around here wearing that jersey. <laughs> Cam Tatum, man. CT23 rocking his jersey. He had his mask on, too. You know why? It's Tom Crane. Anyone get any advice from Tom Crane about basketball? <laughs> 865-255-03. I wonder if uh Tony Vitello will will show up to uh I think that's I think that's his next move. Is not showing up in a Zakai Ziegler jersey, but and he won't be able to make it to another game in Thompson Bowling this year because he'll be busy on Saturday while Tennessee is playing Arkansas. Um but like he's got to show up in his twenty-two Omaha jersey. Uh, I see what you did there. That that, did there. that now that would be a flex. That that would be like Cam Tatum showing up in his jersey with a Final Four patch. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back with Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello here on the Swain event. Stay with us. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. 
After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. I know missing the show live is a bummer, but don't fret. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Awesome! Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, Fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. And joining us now on the Irish Networks Hotline is Tennessee baseball coach, Tony Vitello. Coach, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Morning to you. Sorry, I'm at our stadium trying to get away from the uh, the noise out here. How's everything going? Everything's great, Coach. Everything's great. Are you, are you online ordering some of those fresh Air Force Ones again for me? Size twelve. What you got going? What you got no, going on I there, got, Tony? I, I and everybody else around here got our mindset on this trip. We'll leave tomorrow morning, fly down to Houston. So just trying to get prepared and uh, get everything organized for what'll be a great tournament. Absolutely, uh, Coach. Got a chance to talk to uh, Seth Stevenson a couple days ago. I know he's from that area. Grew up liking Texas, and uh, this is a big game for for him as well as as uh, everybody else on the baseball team. But have you had conversations to him about playing against your home school and making sure that he stays stays even and gets the job done? No, not directly. I think um, 
you know, Ricky Martinez is our student coach. He was our former shortstop. He's also from that area. And I think those two have chatted and, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of resources here. Danny helped us add a position last year. So, um, it, it, it's kind of nice. I get to wake up in the morning and, you know, maybe suggest some things to these guys, but we have so many assistants that interact with these kids and serve as mentors. And I, I think that's something that's kind of gone on between those two guys. Tony, the last couple of years, uh, I've been trying to teach Swain uh, some baseball lingo, you know, piss missiles and, and pissing on the ball and, and pitcher shoving and, and so on and, and so forth. We've adopted meat stick here on the on the show, thanks to you. It's my favorite. Uh, what, what is your favorite baseball lingo uh, out there? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I, my, my brain goes into negative mode, and I think of the ones that I, I hate more than anything is, uh, you know, the old, uh, when a guy hits a ball somewhere, we got a guy there, um, whether that's our guys doing it or the other guys doing it, I'm not a fan. Um, and then, you know, the biggest one is the, the foul home run is always just a long strike, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I'd have to give it some thought and get back to you on what my, uh, what my favorite one is on, on the positive end of things. Well, Todd, I want to get your permission. Uh, whenever there's anyone out there talking about, you know, Tennessee, having fun uh, in the game of baseball and maybe not playing the game is supposed to be play. Can I call those people meat sticks? Do I have your permission, Tony? <laughs> you, you certainly do. And, yes! Um, <laughs> and you can even pile on and add on to that if you'd like. I, I think, you know, everyone, everyone these days, because of social media, is, whether they're entitled to their opinion or not, they're going to get it. Um but, you know, the, the day and age of, of all this stuff has, has changed drastically. You know, someone asked me about that coat our guys wear when they hit a homer. I, I didn't know that was coming until day one. If I had my druthers, nobody would really do any of that stuff. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Josh Hamilton's years with the Rangers where they came up with something where if they hit a double, they would do it. And, uh, you know, that trend took off to where it's automatic. You hit a double, you got to do something. And then you know, the home run thing is, has taken on new meaning as well. So you just roll with it. As long as our guys are, are doing their business the way we ask them to, which is pretty demanding in my opinion, then they've earned the right to be who they are and, and what they want to do. Tony, two weeks, two weekends in now, do you feel like the team is about where you expected it to be? Uh, if you would have asked yourself back in the preseason when, when you were gearing up for opening day? I, I think so. You know, on the pitching end of things, we got kind of a unique story there. We got two of our you know, top four or five arms uh, that are, I'm going to call it rehabbing, but in a, in a throwing progression right now uh, where they're looking to get back on the field. Uh, so we weren't sure how that's going to go, and there's been steady progress, so that's been encouraging. Ethan Smith, the transfer from Vanderbilt, we didn't know till the very last day that he was going to be eligible. Um, ben Joyce is a guy who you just didn't know how this thing was going to go. And um, I think it's gone about as well as it can. And we knew he was going to get a lot of attention. So I'm glad it came on that one day early in the season. So everyone can kind of manage that deal. And he's progressing. And then on the position side of things, we got what we thought we had. We had, um, you know, almost two lineups we could put together that could be very competitive, I feel, in any league. Um, but there's going to be guys as they get their opportunities that, I don't want to say rise to the top, but become the guys. And then, you know, it's inevitable over the course of a season. There's cycles, you know. Um, there's one guy who's got the hot hand on the mound. There's a guy who gets hot at the plate or a guy who gets an opportunity and takes advantage of it. 
and I think those things will continue to go on. Tony Vitello, Tennessee baseball coach here in the Swain event. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about pitching. Now, I want to ask you about uh, the pitching so far and, and the lineup that you have right now with the pitchers versus the pitching last year. How would you compare kind of where they are right now at this point of the season, this this group of pitchers versus last group, last year's group of pitchers at this point of the season? You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of new faces, and you could say they're younger, um, but experience is a word that we could spend your guys' whole show kind of talking about what you think it means and examples and things like that. And I think the three young kids we've started on the weekend, and then even Xander's kind of become our fourth starter. He's a sophomore. You know, none of them are old enough to, to go to the casino. Um, so don't let them in if you see them at any of those places. But, but yet they've all, you know, pitched for high school teams and summer teams and, and even at our place or Georgia Southern for Dolander in, in, in big situations. So uh, I feel like they're, they're more mature than what the, the label is on the roster next to their name. Um, and, and I think because of that and the returning depth we have in the bullpen with guys like Sewell, Kirby, Mabry, Redmond, there's experience in the bullpen. Ethan Smith, even with his experience in the SEC already, I think you got a nice combination there. And I'm not so sure we're not deeper than we were last year. Um, I know we will be if those two guys come back the way we want them to be. We'll be deeper. And it's more of a you throw Joyce in the mix, too. It's definitely a more pro prospecty, uh, if that's a fair way to say it, group as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, all those positives that I think are in favor of this year's group doesn't automatically get you out. And uh, I want what Vol fans want. I want wins. Um, so we'll see if these guys are as effective as guys like Will Heflin and, and Sean Hundley. Tony, I, I know you maybe probably view it differently as a coach, but even if you didn't have Blake Tidwell and Seth Halverson in Knoxville, I think this year's pitching staff would prove to be pretty reliable over the course of the season. But just knowing you already have Chase Dolander and, and Chase Burns and, and several other key arms, and, and I feel like I always forget somebody when, when, when somebody asks me about your pitching staff because there are so many capable arms, but just knowing that you, you already have what you have, but then you're going to be able to add a guy like Blake Tidwell and Seth Halverson later on the season as like a trade deadline acquisition. How excited does, does that just make you to think about it? Uh, it? It does, and I think, too, more in the here and now, I, I try and, you know, just be honest with you guys because you guys want to know what's up with those guys, and, you know, at this point it's, it's just playing catch and it's going well. There, there's no guarantee what's going to happen with those guys, um, but we do have our travel roster, you know, those two guys will actually go too to Houston, but our active travel roster is a group of guys like you're getting at that are fully capable. Um, and we'll pick up a free agent or two in that, in that group too, within that group. And what I mean by that is coach Anderson inevitably has done things like he did with a guy like Will Heflin, who was always a valuable piece at Tennessee, but he was never what he was, you know, about a third of the way through last year when he became a starter and, Frank spent a lot of time with him, and he just got better every week. And it was a it takes two to tango type thing. But I think with Coach Anderson development with these guys, uh, there's going to be somebody that pops up that you're a fan of that maybe doesn't have a major role right now. And then if those other two guys jump in the mix too, it could get exciting. Just going to Houston this weekend. You've got Texas on on Friday, Baylor on Saturday, and uh, Oklahoma on Sunday kind of a preview for future SEC series in a way with Texas and in Oklahoma. Just what are you looking forward to, to learning about your team this weekend? 
You know, I, I think to see how they handle being on the road, um, you know, we expect our guys behave a certain way when we travel. Um, you run into fans that are maybe just neutral site fans. I mean, our fans are so easy to please and interact with, it seems like. Um, but you, you got to act like a pro in this league. And you, you may even get heckled on the road at a neutral site. You know what's going to happen in the SEC. So uh, I think this is a preface for what's it like being at Hoover or for fortunate enough to play in a regional. Um, you know, what's it like in that kind of big setting that way? And then between the lines with the three teams you mentioned, I mean, literally two of them will be SEC teams, but you almost get a preview of, you know, what's it going to be like first SEC weekend. And uh, I know we've played some decent competition so far, but nothing is going to simulate it as much as this particular weekend will. Is Jordan Beck capable of clearing the train at Minute Maid? <laughs> yes, by far. Um, poor Cortland Lawson. He hit that one out of sight. Uh, the other day, and then it wasn't, but I believe the next inning or four or five hitters later, and, and Jordan Beck hit it about 60 feet further than he did. Um, he, he's a special athlete, and I think the thing about him is he is so athletic, and he goes about it in his own way. He's he's not, you know, super high energy like his buddy Drew Gilbert, but he, he is so eager to learn, and it's a nonstop deal where he's asking questions and trying to figure out how to do things better. I just think he, he's going to continue on this incline of improvement for, for quite some time. Tony Vitello, Tennessee baseball coach here in the Swain event. Uh, the synergy that, that we see between you and, and the, the football coach, Josh Heupel, basketball coach Rick Barnes, saw you there uh, at courtside, uh, almost getting a couple of technicals yourself. Uh, <laughs> 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 we, we saw you with the Zakai Ziegler, uh, you know, Scherzi, what, what's that relationship between the other coaches, that synergy like with the other coaches uh, here on Tennessee? Well, Coach Heupel, it's important because there's a lot of two, uh, kids that fancy themselves as two-sport athletes, and I would love for a kid to try that and stick with it. Of course, Trayvon Flowers, you, you know, um, did it for a little bit, and, and he's a great kid, but his future seems to be, or in my mind, hopefully in the NFL. But that, that interaction's got to go on with the football staff, but Josh and I both worked at University of Missouri, so we kind of share some stories that maybe we can talk about off air <laughs> there. And then uh, I had to educate our guys. I mean, I was a huge fan of his watching him play. I went to the Big 12 championship game that year um, that, that they won, and our guys don't understand that he was like a left-handed uh, Mahomes, really, um, with his athleticism and, and, and things that, that he could do on the field. Uh, and then Coach Barnes has kind of been a mentor to me. Him and Frank Anderson worked together at Texas. And so they had a relationship from the get-go, and, and they're, they're kind of colleagues reunited. Um, but for me, he's obviously a lot more experienced and has almost served as a mentor. We've had some good meals where we're just – he cracks more jokes than I do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's kind of been a mentor. And then, you know, the weeklies at softball have just been unbelievable since we got here. Uh, I could go on and on. You know, Coach Penske with the women's soccer team, and it, it, it's kind of got that feel – that we were craving when we got the job. J.T. and Stevie and those guys would talk about, man, in the early 2000s, yep. you didn't want to be the team not competing for a championship because then you, you were kind of the black sheep. Yep. And uh, it, it kind of fed, it, you know, one sport fed on another and the campus was was kind of vibing. With Jarrell Ortega, Tony, is this the the Jarrell Ortega that, that you envisioned when he got here? Because if I remember correctly, prior to uh, or the fall of that COVID-canceled season, 
I mean, he was he was hitting the ball pretty well and generating some buzz as a, a true freshman before he got hurt. Is this the Jarrell Ortega you all kind of envisioned back then? Yeah, he he was our best hitter in that fall. Um, you know, leading into our, our Omaha season, uh, and then prior to just just to date all the way back. Man, I loved watching that kid play in high school. He, he just always played with a passion uh, and also had a lot of ability at shortstop. And Coach Elander did a great job of committing him in, out of Florida. And after he committed and people realized how good of a player he is, a lot of people tried to get him to decommit from Tennessee, and he stayed loyal to us, which I'll forever be appreciative of. Unfortunately, he came in with Tommy John in high school, which is rare for an infielder, but he's always throwing the heck out of the ball. So, um, he misses that first year, but learned a lot in that second year. It's like, okay, here's our guy. And it, it just kind of faded for some reason. And this year it seemed like he went home over Christmas determined to make sure it didn't fade. And uh, when he's got his opportunity, which started on opening day, he really hasn't looked back. Tony, what's the, what's the, what's the message um, from the leaders on this, on this baseball team? They got a little taste of the World Series last year. You've added some new pieces, uh, but a taste is just not good enough. We know your competitive spirit. We know how important winning is, and just getting close is not enough. But what what has been the message from the older players to the younger players about the mission and the responsibilities this year? Yeah, and I don't have like a finite, like this is the theme or this is the the saying or our end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you what does go on with this group is there's a lot of, this is the way it's going to be, or this is what happens, or we don't allow this to happen. And uh, it, it saves me and I think the other coaches from some speeches or some direction. And it's very evident. And uh, no no discredit to last year's leaders because I think we had some great ones. But I don't think the program kind of had the uh, locker room clout because there's got to be some sort of, you know, hey, I've done it before. I mean, you can't have one guy running around in there bossing people around and he's about as good as I was, you know. Um, these these guys have been there. They've done it. And uh, you just see a very firm message from some of these old guys, older guys, on this is the way it's going to be with certain situations. So when we talk about traveling on the road, uh, normally I'm kind of stressed out and making sure these guys know how to leave their hotel rooms and stuff like that. But I, I kind of have a sense of comfort that those six, seven guys that are the core leaders are going to be like, this is how we do it, and there's really no wiggle room. Tony, I've got two more quick things for you before we get get out of here. Uh, less serious uh, subjects. Isn't it true that the uh, the best high school baseball in the country is in uh, North Alabama, in, in Huntsville, Alabama? Jordan Beck <laughs> at, at Hazel Green. I played at Buckhorn, which is uh, Jordan's uh, rival school. I, I believe you have a young man committed from Huntsville High School. So isn't it true that uh, Huntsville, Alabama hosts the, uh, the the best high school baseball in the country? It's a flat-out hotbed, is is how I would describe it. But I would, I would interject, and in all honesty and seriousness, we're going to the place I feel is as rich as any in the country, and that's, you know, no disrespect to SoCal, Arizona, heck, uh, Nashville with the population going up is crazy. West Knoxville, I mean, the Helton years, uh, if we could repeat something like that, would be fun. But I'm not so sure Houston doesn't have as many good athletes in, in all sports as any place there is. So we might have to go check out some high school games when we're not at Minute Maid Park. With you being in Houston, any chance that old friend 
Ross Kivett makes an appearance at Minute Maid like he did uh, yes. at, 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 in Omaha and, and, and finds his way back on the field yelling at the umps. Yes, please. Meet sticks. Well, Mr. Kivett will always have a home here in Knoxville, and he, he became a uh, – he definitely went out with a bang, and who knows, he may, he may return one day. But they, they've got their own series going on. And, of course, our staff interacts with him, you know, almost every day, and it's it's more non-serious as you brought up a second ago than, than anything. But they've got their own series, and I haven't even looked at how it will go. I just know that he and some of the other people, you know, Josh is from Texas, Coach Elander, Frank worked down there. I've got family down there. Um, so there's a lot of people that have kind of sent text messages and phone calls. Let's hook up. But at the end of the day, we, we got to go down there and, and handle our business. And we will get better as a team. I know I want what ball fans want, you know, win two out of three at a minimum. But uh, we will get better as a team in a lot of different ways in this trip. The support has been awesome. Coach, I mean, you've been awesome with our fans, and, and our fans love you and your baseball team. I know there's going to be a lot of them down there uh, supporting your team this weekend uh, in Texas. And we just thank you so much for joining us and spending a couple minutes with us. Uh, really, really appreciate you. And, man, good luck down there. Let's bring home some some dubs. I'm all for it, man. Yeah, if anyone going down there needs any help from our program, just reach out to us. Because when we went to Round Rock two years ago, I was astonished at how big of a following we had. But nothing astonishes me anymore with this fan base. So we appreciate them as well. Thank you, guys. Well, even on our text box right now where uh, people can text in, there, there's three, four, five people that have said that they're uh, packing their bags and, and heading down there. I love it. I mean, you can see us, but you can also see, I mean, UCLA, you name it. it it's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be in a great setting in the, in the Choo Choo Train Park. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. Tony, thank you so much, man. I look forward to having you on, having you on again. Let's do it, guys. Y'all have a great day. All right, you too. Thanks, Tony. Tony Botello, Tennessee baseball coach here on the Swain event. Man, gave us 19 minutes of his time. He's getting ready to take his ball team on the road for the first time uh, this season, and it'll be the first big test for uh, the 2021-2022 Tennessee Volunteers. So uh, looking forward to seeing how we uh, match up against some of the other good programs around the country. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. We will be right back after this. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. 
out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. SwainEvent.com, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. It is time for Attaboy, where we highlight positivity. We do that thanks to Iris Networks. IrisNetworksUSA.com. 90 days, no payment for business internet. I'm giving my Atta girl to Tamari Key, as she was selected on the all-defensive team inside of the SEC. A lot of potential. Took a big step this season and uh, looking forward to what she's going to do in the tournament, SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. Uh, she is a presence down on the block defensively, so much that she was recognized as one of the best defenders in the league. So she gets my Attagirl for today. I'm giving an attaboy to Trey Lipscomb and Jared Dickey, two Tennessee baseball players. Meant to uh, mention this yesterday, but we. Uh, gave Kennedy Chandler an attaboy right before we got to the top of the hour uh, and ran out of time to talk about Trey Lipscomb and, and Jared Dickey. But Kennedy Chandler named SEC Freshman of the Week on, on, on the hardwood. And then on the diamond, Trey Lipscomb was named the co-SEC Player of the Week after he became just the fourth player in Tennessee baseball's program to hit for the cycle. He went five for five. In Friday's series opening win over Iona, he had two doubles, a triple, a homer. He also had a career-high nine RBIs, which is absurd. Uh, One shy of the single-game program record. He followed that performance by finishing a double short of the cycle in Saturday's game, going three for four with a triple, homer, and three RBIs. He led the SEC last week with 16 RBIs 
and he tied for the lead in home runs, triples, and doubles. And last night, Tennessee beats ETSU 4-1, to and Trey Lipscomb hit a two-run homer again. So he, he is absolutely in fuego at the moment, and uh, hopefully he'll uh, continue to do so this weekend against Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma. Jared Dickey was the freshman of the week, Tennessee's utility man. He started at catcher on Sunday. He started in left field last night. He could play either corner outfield position, could probably play center fielder because he can run, Uh, could play first, could DH, could catch. Uh, He is the third string catcher right now behind Evan Russell and Charlie Taylor. But uh, with the way he is swinging the bat, he is going to be in the lineup somewhere, somehow. Uh, Because last week he led the SEC with an 875 batting average to help lead the Vols to a 4-0 record. He was retired just once in 13 plate appearances over four games and recorded nine runs scored, five walks, a 9.23 on-base percentage, and two stolen bases. Uh, Dickey also hit a pair of homers on the week, blasting solo homers in Wednesday's win over UNC Asheville and Sunday's win over Iona. So Tennessee baseball at the co-player of the week and the freshman of the week. I, I want to share a, a a small nugget uh, about last week's Tennessee Tech game. Bring it. That was canceled just one out before it became an official game because of rain. Uh, Tennessee's turf field has been able to prevent cancellations, but it, it rained so hard last Tuesday. I know it's been raining for several weeks in, in a row now, and ugh, my yard is suffering from it. Whew. The mullet? Yeah, the mullet's suffering. And it was funny. I was walking Judge when I got home yesterday, and I, I, I was like, dang, the grass is getting taller. Sway was right. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man. Uh, so I, I can't wait to get my guy out here in a couple of weeks. I can wait. To, to, to mow my – well, he's not – he texted me last week. and was like, I'm starting back March 23rd. So by March 23rd, my yard's going to be good to go. I looked at the weather this morning when I woke up. It, it was 41 degrees mm-hmm. when I left my house. Mm-hmm. But it's a high of 70 and sunshine the next three days. Oh, yeah. It's going to be – I'm going to Houston this weekend. Oh, and of it's going to be hot. Not much hotter. Really? And the clouds are supposed to be out. It's it's going to be nicer in Knoxville than it will be in Houston this weekend. Yeah, I was like, really? That's crazy. All the crappy weekends I've had to deal with, looking forward to going to Houston to have some good weather, and I finally go and Knoxville is going to have better weather. What planet am I on? Like, what? Why? Why me? Time to get your flippy floppies ready. Uh, but uh, I know it's been raining for a while now. And like I said, my yard has been suffering, and the pitcher's mound – is the only part of Lindsey Nelson that is not turf. And it, it got pretty tore up uh, amidst that monsoon. So they had to postpone or suspend the game, I guess is the technical word that they used. And initially, there was thought that they were going to complete that game mm-hmm. um, back or uh, next month. Um, pulling up the schedule. They, they play... Tennessee Tech again. They're playing at Smoky Stadium, April, April fifth. It's a Tuesday. Well, that's Lipscomb. They, they play them next month. Sometimes my schedule's jumping all around on on utsports.com on me. Um, but they're they're going to play them once again at Smoky Stadium, and the thought was that they're going to make up that game prior to the one on Tuesday, April twelfth at six thirty. They'll finish that game. And then they'll play the one that's originally scheduled, but but sounds like it's it's just going to be a one off, and they're just not going to complete that game. So it'll be a, a canceled game because of weather, uh, and they kind of wanted 
since that game's going to be at Smoky Stadium for it to be a, a standalone game, and, mm-hmm. and they're going to have some things going on. They're, they're using wood bats that night. They're, they're going to play with wood bats that day at, at Smoky Stadium. Cook them things, folks. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really the only day that uh, they had available. And that time of the year, middle of conference play, don't, don't want to play any extra innings more than you have to. So instead of making that game up, they're, I believe they're looking for uh, another opponent in the meantime to make sure that they get the 56 games Iona. on the season. No. What? You go, Iona's going to drive down here 11 hours for one baseball game when, when it'll be over in the second inning? We'll fly you down this time. No. Let's schedule Arkansas. One game. Yeah, let's do it. We'll meet you in Nashville. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like that. All right, it's over now. Tony Vitello gave me permission to call folks meat sticks. Oh, it's over now. You ready, Dave Van Horn? Huh? You mess with Tony, you messing with us. We ain't taking it. Meat stick. Be right back. <laughs> 